was not finding the joy and happiness I needed in my life. And I went on this journey to figure out why. And gratitude became the thing that powered me out of that place. And I began to call it flipping my gratitude switch. If you want true happiness, that means that you are going to have frustrations, you are going to have challenges, you are going to have failures, and then you have to do the work to overcome those things and transform them into fuel for your future. Life doesn't have to change. Nothing has to change, but the way you view it all can change. We can rewire our brain to view things through a different set of lenses. It's not complaint, it's gratitude. It's not seeing limitations, it's viewing the possibility. And it literally, literally changes us. Your podcast is changing lives. The only way that we can change lives of others is if we first change our own. Well, here's a tool that allows you to do it in an instant. We can secure our happiness through something as simple as this idea of flipping the gratitude switch. You are in store for something extra special today. My name is Dan Cassetta. I'm the host of Changing Lives, Selling Knives. My guest today is Kevin Clayson, author of the book, Flip the Gratitude Switch. This is our second episode featuring someone who's not a Cutco leader or alumni, but he's certainly a friend of our company, as you'll hear. I was introduced to Kevin through Hal Elrod, a legendary Cutco Vector alum, and I read his book a few years ago. Kevin is an entrepreneur, real estate professional, author, and speaker who shares a simple formula for unlimited joy and fulfillment, which he calls flipping the gratitude switch. Kevin and his family have lived this message to overcome adversity and transform their own lives, and so he shares his ideas today with passion and conviction. I know you'll love getting to know this inspiring and enthusiastic leader. Thanks for pressing play and letting me introduce you all to Kevin Clayson. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I have an awesome guest today. We're breaking the rules. It's not a Cutco current leader or alum, but certainly a friend of our company who knows a number of great Cutco people. His name is Kevin Clayson. He wrote this book called Flip the Gratitude Switch. We're going to talk about this as a special Thanksgiving episode today. Kevin Clayson, thanks so much for making time for the podcast. Are you kidding? Thank you for having me, man. This is awesome. And I am a friend of the company because I love me some Cutco. Okay. I was telling you before we recorded, it's my, you know, they are our favorite knives, hands down. It's a wonderful product. We love it. So, dude, I'm like part of the family by extension, right? There you go. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, I'm so happy to have you here today with us. We're going to talk a little bit about your book. We're going to talk a little bit about the concept of gratitude and thanksgiving. Right off the bat, Kevin, I wanted to say that the theme of our podcast is changing lives. And at the very beginning of your book, you mentioned that the concepts in the book that uh, you share have changed your life and have changed your wife's life. How so? Okay, just imagine for a moment that you are in foreclosure, your car's been repoed, 
you don't have enough money to buy a turkey for Thanksgiving or buy presents for Christmas, and you were previously been the owner of a successful real estate company, but now with nothing left, you find yourself working for $13 an hour, hucking freight at a local retailer and cleaning bathrooms at night just so you could put food on the table after just leaving a terribly successful career. Then I want you to imagine having unbelievable amounts of joy through that entire scenario. If you want to know how this book changed my life, I just gave you a piece of my life story. This book, these principles shifted everything for me. It changed my marriage. It changed the way my wife and I interact with things and with frustrations and with difficulties. It changed the way that we parent. We we, we parent from a totally different space. It changes the way our kids interact with the world around them. And it literally changed everything for me financially, emotionally, you name it, through simple principles of active, not just passive emotional gratitude, but active gratitude in the middle of life's most difficult circumstances. It quite literally powered me out of the most, some of the the largest lows that I've ever had in my life. I love it. I love it. I know the audience is going to get some great value from learning these principles and learning how to actually implement them in their day-to-day lives. The paradigm of coming from a place of gratitude, of active gratitude, as you said, can definitely be a life-changing concept for many people. So I'm really excited to dig in and uh, hear more about it. In the book, you talk about uh, uh, something called the red door. Tell us about that. Yeah. So, you know, when I wrote the book, so first of all, you have to understand, I never intended to write this book. Like this was not something I didn't wake up and go, I'm an author. Like that was not the deal. Well, I was actually training a large sales organization as I was going through and learning the principles that I ultimately put in the book. Like they were principles for me, right? It was just things that I needed to do to find happiness in the middle of otherwise frustrating moments. And, uh, and I, as I was learning those principles and started to share them with others, I kept hearing the same feedback, right? Dude, you got to put it in a book, dude, you got to put it in a book. So I finally got to the point where I was like, uh, okay, I guess I should put this on a book, but I didn't really know what the book was going to look like. And it just unfolded bit by bit. And one of the things that I, as I got into the writing process, one of the things I really wanted to do was put kind of a business parable. Like one of my favorite books ever is the go giver by my friend, Bob Berg, who's Bird. just awesome. Right. And I love learning incredible principles in that way. And so I just felt kind of called to put the story in the book. And what the story of the red door is, is it's about this guy who knows he's destined for something greater and he's looking for something more. And he encounters this kind of interesting fellow named in the book named Patros who introduces them him to this kind of adventure that involves a, a very beautiful red door and entering this sort of enchanting, but also kind of adventurous and crazy room. And then this main character whose name is Jacob ends up going through a series of experiences as he walks through the red door that ultimately leads him to finding truly immeasurable wealth, more than he can spend in this lifetime or the next. And here's your little spoiler alert, uh, that immeasurable wealth that he finds has nothing to do with dollars and cents and diamonds and gold. And and it was just this way to articulate principles that, that could be understood through a different paradigm than just simply let's talk motivation and let's change your attitude. It had to be this big, you know, drastic sort of example that really hits home one of the main parables of the book, which is this idea of flipping a switch and illuminating the life that's before you and what that can lead to. I wrote The Red Door 
I always say we, whenever I talk about the book, like I'm the author, but it's so hard for me to say I wrote it because I feel like there's so many people in my life that contributed. I feel like God and I were, were kind of co-authors in this. Uh, I'm a big believer in that kind of thing. And I just feel like it's hard for me to take credit for the book because I feel like so many people were such a blessing to me as we were going through this. So I always say we. So when I say we, it's just me. There's not a co-author. But when we wrote The Red Door, it was specifically for this purpose so that, that I know that people learn through different mediums. Some people want like the scientific stuff. Some people want the anecdotal stuff. Some people just want the formula. Some people want a story because they can consume it in a different way, remember it differently, and it anchors itself to a brain differently when it comes to a story. And so that's why we wrote it to articulate these principles in a powerful way. And I just, I wanted to start the book with it because I felt like it would just kick things off in a really kind of unique and cool way. Yeah, well, it, it does exactly that. It's a really cool introduction to the the concepts and you referenced you know flipping the switch and the book has the flip formula let's talk a little bit about the flip formula today why don't you unpack what that is yeah let me start with this a lot of people think that gratitude is like a touchy emotional thingy right like they think it's this passive thing i just do a gratitude journal you guys and i just write things i'm thankful for and then we think that 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 somehow transforms us well listen it's not that gratitude journaling or going on a gratitude walk or having a gratitude jar it's not that those are bad things It's just, for me, I had got to a point in my life where things were not going according to plan. The crazy thing was, on paper, everything looked pretty good, right? Uh, At at the time, this was before the challenges I described earlier. Um, I I mean, the company was doing well. You know, we had money, had this awesome family, but I couldn't find joy in the life that I was living. And I think a lot of us get to that point, right? That that we kind of, and we talk about this in the red door too, that sometimes we chase things that never actually fulfill, but we think they're going to fulfill so that we continue to chase them, whether that's money or fame or, you know, whatever. And I had just got to a point where I was not finding the joy and happiness I needed in my life. And I went on this journey to figure out why. I mean, I'd read so many personal development books, had been to so many seminars. I'd learned everything I thought I could learn, but I was still lacking that fundamental joy and fulfillment that I wanted for my life. And gratitude became the thing that powered me out of that place. And I began to call it flipping my gratitude switch because I could, I started to take situations that normally would have frustrated the heck out of me and would have got me so mad and angry. And I started finding these little kernels of something awesome inside of these frustrating moments. And it was like I was flipping this internal switch. And, and it was like the path before me or whatever my situation was in life didn't necessarily change. But, but my ability to view it through a different set of lenses did change. It was like the path was all of a sudden illuminated when I go through this process. And, and, but as I was doing it, Dan, I didn't really know there was a formula to it. It was just something that I sort of intuitively started to do as I did a bunch of research and did a bunch of testing. And ultimately, when I started to write the book, I went, wait a second. This is a formula because I can do it the same way every single time, no matter what's happening in my life. And it creates the same results. That's the literal definition of a formula. And so then when I realized the formula could be put into like this, it goes along with the letters F-L-I-P. I went, oh my gosh, this is going to make it so much easier for people to take this thing and make it portable and make it actually tangible in the middle of life's difficulties. And it all starts with F and F is you find the frustration. Find the frustration. Unpack that one for us a little bit. So, you know, a lot of us do not 
we do this thing where we're kind of rolling through life and like bad things happen and we just steamroll right through it, right? We wake up in the morning and we stub our toe and that makes us mad. And then we step on a toy that our kids left out that they were supposed to clean up. And now we're really mad. And then, you know, the water heater broke. And so we got a cold shower and then we get in our car and there's traffic and somebody cuts us off. And then we get to the office and that guy who we can't stand working with, you know, comes up and says something like, hmm, guess you got a case of the Mondays. There's a little office space reference for you. And you are just like, oh my gosh, I've had it, right? You've been up like an hour and you're like, I'm so done with the day. And the reason for that is our brains, they kind of travel along this path. And we do this thing where if we see one bad thing, we tend to, to, to look for other bad things to kind of gravitate to that one bad thing. And we rarely take a moment to realize why we're not feeling so good inside. And finding the frustration is doing the opposite of that. Finding the frustration is when something happens to me that's frustrating, the first thing, the very first part of the day, the first thing, the toe stub, when you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe on your bed, it's taking that moment. It's pausing for a moment and it's acknowledging number one, that you're frustrated. Number two, why you're frustrated. And then it's really just slowing down that train, right? I was talking earlier, we steamroll through these frustrations. It's like we're this train trucking along on this track and we just keep steamrolling. And it seems like one bad thing after another happens. Well, finding the frustration pumps the brakes, slows that momentum and says, wait a second. Okay. Let me acknowledge I'm frustrated. Let me acknowledge why I'm frustrated. And that little pause during our day, it's all a mental exercise, but it makes us cognitively aware of why we're starting to feel some of the things that we're feeling inside. And that awareness makes all the difference because it now allows us to identify why we're feeling how we are and then do some work on it so that we no longer have to feel that way. Yeah, I love that. I love that, Kevin, because I, I feel like a healthy way of viewing gratitude is not ignoring the negative things that happen to all of us. It's not ignoring the frustrations that we have in our life, right? Those are all there for virtually every person. And, you know, people that come from a place of gratitude appreciate that that's a part of life and they acknowledge that that's something that's there. So learning to recognize that and find that seems to be an important step. You know, in the book, I talk about the fact that that happiness has to be earned. It can't be leased. And, and what I mean by that is if you want true happiness, that means that you are going to have frustrations, you are going to have challenges, you are going to have failures, and then you have to do the work to overcome those things and transform them into fuel for your future as opposed to just saying, okay, this really bad thing happened. I'm just going to drown my sorrows in drink or food or people or or just Netflix or or video games or whatever, which is sometimes a coping mechanism that a lot of us have, right? We have things that are frustrating and we're like, I just want to check out a life. I'm just going to like sit on the couch and veg out for a few hours and just, I don't know, eat ice cream. And, and we don't deal with the things when they come. Well, that compounds over time. And we think that there's little things that we can do to temporarily relieve some of that stress and some of that difficulty, which is why I say we can't lease happiness. And what I mean by that is, listen, if you're having a really, really bad month, 
just because you go on a Hawaiian vacation for a week doesn't mean when you come back that everything is fixed, right? That's like leasing happiness. I do something temporarily, but I don't own that happiness. Mm. Owning that happiness comes through work. And, and what finding the frustration does is it begins that process of work so that you're going, okay, I understand I'm frustrated. I understand something's not happening that's ideal for me. Now that I'm aware of it, how do I work on it so that I can transform it? Maybe Napoleon Hill would call it transmutation, right? I can change it into something that actually fuels my happiness and creates real lasting fulfillment. And, and this is one of the things that, that I hope we get into it today if, if we have time. But dude, this is crazy. Gratitude quite literally rewires the brain, forges new neural pathways. And over time, when you use and execute it in the way that we talk about with the flip formula, you can become, and I'm not kidding, predisposed to joy as opposed to predisposed to complaining about everything and being a victim to, by everything. And it really can change our brain and change our bodies and change our reality, but our life itself doesn't have to change, but how we choose and have the ability to interact with it so that we can go and work to find and earn that happiness is 100% possible through this crazy, simple, but eternal power of active gratitude, especially in the middle of life's frustrations. Yeah, I, I love what you just said right there, Kevin. And, and it, it will really resonate with uh, the audience because anybody that's listening has frustrations. They have difficulties. They have things that they could look at and decide they're not going to be grateful for. But that first step of recognizing those things, I think, is, a, is an important part of your flip formula. Tell us about the L. Okay, the L, this is like my favorite one, right? This is look for what's awesome. Okay, so if we were, I'm just gonna go back to my initial example of like the first bad thing that happens during the day. When I go and I speak, the kids love this. Like I do a lot of um, like like middle schools or elementary schools, high schools, and I always talk about stubbing your toe because it's something that everybody understands. And if we can understand the principles with something simple, then we can take those principles and apply them to the bigger things like I talked about earlier, foreclosure and all whatever, you know, losing jobs, whatever, uh, terminal illness, et cetera, these principles work no matter what. So if we use the stub the toe as the example, right? I wake up, I stub my toe and I get mad. I want to turn into, you know, the incredible Hulk and get big, angry and green and punch a puppy. Just kidding. I don't condone that. Nobody should punch puppies, but you know what I'm saying, right? You feel that anger. And if I go, okay, whoa, whoa, I stub my toe and I'm frustrated. Okay. Okay. I am frustrated. I acknowledge it. I know I'm frustrated. Then you move to L. L is where you look for what's awesome, but the, here's the key. You're looking for what's awesome embedded in the frustration. And that's the difference. See a lot of people mm -hmm. when they do the gratitude journal or they do the gratitude walks, you're all, you're, all you're doing is being thankful for things that are already awesome. Well, that's easy. That's the equivalent of going to the gym and lifting a one pound weight three times and then wondering why you're, you know, not super ripped within a day, right? It's, it, it's too easy, right? It's not going to do the kind of work that's going to make the real change. Well, looking for what's awesome about the frustration is doing the work. And so this is kind of how this works for me. All of this happens in our brain. We don't need a pencil. We don't need some sort of a tool. We don't need an app. All we need is us, the understanding of this formula and just our, our ability. You know, the most precious real estate in the world is the, is the real estate between our ears. That's all that we need, right? And so here's how it works. Okay, I stub my toe. I'm frustrated. I know I'm frustrated. Now what could possibly be awesome about that frustration? And that question, what could possibly be awesome about the thing that just happened that frustrated me it gives our mind a new suggestion, which creates an entirely new landscape of the mind. Mm. 
It's that simple suggestion. We pause and we realize we're frustrated. We're becoming cognizant and aware. Then when we say, what could be awesome? This crazy thing happens. Dan, I love this because when I go and speak, I always do this in real time, right? I always go, oh, I ask the audience. I go, okay, what could possibly be awesome about stubbing your toe? And literally, dude, I've done this thousands of times and it happens the same way every time. In fact, I can sense it. All the people listening to the podcast are going through the same thing right now because we are conducting a science experiment. And here's how it goes. Your brain at first is like, yeah, uh, what could be awesome about that? And it works and it works. You've given your brain a new suggestion. You've switched the train track of the brain. Now the train's picking up momentum, going in a different direction. And you go, or the audience will go, oh, somebody will raise their hand, right? Like I'll ask the question. It'll be silent for like 10 seconds. Then one hand pops up. Um, you have a toe? I go, yeah, absolutely. What else could be awesome? Somebody else says, you can feel your toe. Yeah, what else? And then three hands pop up. Uh, you have a bed that you stub your toe on. Uh, you, you actually have, uh, you could feel your toe and you can walk. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all of these answers are coming from the audience. And then I always pause and I say, do you guys just realize we conducted a science experiment in real time? Because what we did is we just gave your brains a suggestion and your brains filled in the gap. When you say what could possibly be awesome about fill in the blank of whatever the frustration is, your brain does this, performs this exercise where it now fills the the void that you created for it. You created this hole. When the brain starts to fill it, it starts to change how you interact with it. So looking for what's awesome is literally asking the question, what could be awesome about that, which is frustrating. And then your brain starts to fill in the answers and you create a little laundry list of the things that could be awesome about what just a second ago was a frustration. Yeah. I love that. It, it's just a, uh, it's like developing a completely different perspective on anything in our life. It's looking at something from a different angle and finding something that's good there. And just when you were going through and you were talking about, well, you have a toe, you have a bed, you, you know, uh, all those things, like I felt different in my own body, just envisioning that, that feeling, right. That, that moment yes. where you're asking that question in the room and people start answering. It's like, you feel differently when you look at something with a different perspective. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. You know, what's so cool when we get to the fourth step, which is P there's a reason why you felt different and it is scientific. It is chemical. It is biological. It is happening in your brain. It is a very real thing. That's why this is not just kind of like, um, I'm just going to feel thankful about everything and have an attitude of gratitude. It is not that like, this is a real tangible thing that makes a huge difference. And if you can't tell, I get a little passionate about this. Um, but dude, so here you said something just a second ago about perspective and it reminded me of one of my favorite analogies. Can I share it with you? Yeah. So have you ever gone to a 3D movie, you know, back when the world was normal and like people did stuff like go to movies. You remember that? Oh, it was a good time. I do right? remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so have you ever gone to that 3D movie and taken off the glasses in the middle of the 3D movie? Do you ever do that? Yes, I have. Okay. What does the screen look like when you take off the glasses? Yeah. Well, it certainly doesn't look the same. It looks a lot more like it's a flat screen. Yes. And is it blurry? Uh, yeah, it is blurry. It is, especially if they're doing something where they want you to see more of the dimension. It's a little right. bit more blurry. Well, here's the crazy thing. If you were to go to that same movie, that 3D movie, and you were to take the glasses off and leave them off for the entire movie, at the conclusion of the movie, here's the reality. You're still going to know what the movie was about. You're still going to know who the main characters were. You're going to remember the action sequences and the funny parts. You're going to remember all of that. 
The movie itself, what's actually playing on the screen, doesn't change when you put the glasses on. Rather, the way you view it does. And because you view it through a different set of lenses, your interaction with it changes. Mm. And, and, And here's the cool thing. The movie of our lives, it's in theaters today, right now. It is playing as we speak. And we can either choose to view it through lenses of limitation where it's kind of blurry, we don't understand it, and it just is kind of like not this great experience. Or if we put on a different set of lenses, and I, I talk about gratitude glasses in the book, if we put on a different set of lenses and we view the same movie of our life through a different set of lenses, the movie itself, life doesn't have to change. Your job doesn't have to change. Your car doesn't have to change. Your income doesn't have to change. Your your spouse or partner or kids don't have to change. Nothing has to change. But through with a different set of lenses, the way you view it all can change. And all of a sudden, when you view it through that new set of lenses, it's like it snaps into focus. The, The same movie, the same experience, all of a sudden changes because your perception of it changes. And that's what active gratitude, especially in the middle of frustration and looking for what's awesome in that frustration, that's what it does. You put on a new set of lenses to view it with, and all of a sudden it begins to change for you. The life, the movie doesn't have to change, but your perception of it does, and that shifts how you interact with it and how you feel about it. Awesome. So cool. That That is just brilliant. Life doesn't have to change. It's just a really compelling phrase that you shared right there that resonated with me a whole lot. You said you can't wait to get to the fourth one, Kevin. I can't wait to get to the third one, the I. What's the I? All right. So in the book, I is initiate gratitude. But I got to tell you, as I started to go and share this more and more with with students and with teenagers, I I wanted to come up with a better word because they didn't, uh, they're like initiate. In the book, I talk about we initiate a gratitude sequence, right? And we start to say that we're thankful for the things that are awesome embedded in the frustration. But I've come to use a different word that's an I word that I think articulates it and explains it better. And the word is install. Now, Here's why. We live in a smartphone society, right? If we want to download a new app or like a new game or something like that, we go to the app store and we hit install. We go find that thing and we want to get it and we have to install it. When we install it, just a second ago, it was nothing more than a choice on our app store. And it's not tangible, right? It's something that we can see. Maybe we want it, but we can't use it and interact with it yet. Well, when we hit install or we install software, or install the game, all of a sudden that thing, which just a second ago wasn't tangible, becomes tangible. It downloads on our phone. And then in like seconds, we have like 1 billion levels of Candy Crush when just a second ago, it was just an idea. So if we install gratitude, the question is this, what's the app store of life? How do I go and find the things that I want in life so that I can install them? What is that process? What's the process to install from the app store of life? And for me, the app store of life is language. It's words, right? And here's the example. Dude, when I was in high school, I used to have really bad acne. And you know what I used to do? I'd wake up and I'd look at myself in the mirror and I wouldn't be like, yo, what's up, you sexy beast? I'd look at myself and I'd go, hey, you're ugly and your acne is ugly. And then guess how I would feel all day? I feel ugly. And then guess how girls treated me? Like I was ugly. See, I placed my order in the app store of life by telling myself I was ugly. But now 
If you are, and, and guys, if you're listening to this and you're out there and you're serving customers and you're selling this incredible product, you know darn well that if you wake up every day and you go, you know what? I'm really a failure at this. Yeah, well, you're right. It's gonna be a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you say, you know what? I'm getting after it. I'm gonna crush this thing. You feel different and your results start to change. So if words are the app store of life so that we can install the things that we want and make them tangible when just a minute ago they were an intangible, how do we use words as part of the flip formula to, to create this, this new sort of perspective of our lives. And the way we install gratitude is we install it through words. And, and you alluded to it just a second ago, Dan. We find the frustration. We know why we're frustrated. Then we look for what's awesome. We kind of create that list of what's awesome about the frustration. Then we use language and here's what we do. Look, I stubbed my toe. I know why I'm frustrated. I've acknowledged that. And now I can kind of take a second and go, okay, what could be awesome? I have a toe. You know, I have a bed that I stubbed it on. For me, I would always like look over at the bed and I'd see my beautiful wife and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this angel that sleeps beside me. And that would make me think of my kids. And all of a sudden I start to think about all these awesome things that came as a trigger of me stubbing my toe. Well, now you say, you know what? I'm actually super thankful. You use the word thankful because why not? I'm thankful I have a toe. I'm thankful I can feel my toe. I'm thankful I have a bed to sleep in. I'm thankful the bed is located in a home I can live in. I'm thankful for this roof over my head. I'm thankful for the angel beside me. I'm thankful for the for the the little much louder and smaller angels that sleep, you know, upstairs or downstairs or down the hall. And all of a sudden by saying that we're thankful for the thing that is awesome embedded in the frustration, we immediately move from I to P. It happens naturally. Very very cool. Uh, let's go right into P and let's, let's tie these two together. So P is you power up with gratifuel. Now, gratifuel is a word that we invented, right? We created that because I came to realize that gratitude fuels happiness. Gratitude fuels life. Gratitude can fuel business. Gratitude can fuel success and results. Gratitude can fuel sales. Gratitude can literally fuel every aspect of your life. And so if I've got gratitude fuel, why not just call it gratifuel? It's cool and it's a hashtag. Check it out, right? So power up with gratifuel. And here's what this means. When we find the frustration, look for what's awesome embedded in the frustration, then we install or initiate gratitude by saying that we're thankful for the thing that is awesome inside of that frustration. Our bodies naturally power up with gratitude. Dan, earlier, when you started to talk about, oh man, as I was just thinking about what was awesome, I started to feel different. Well, the reason is because you are hardwired to feel awesome when you utilize active gratitude in this way. Right, the right. body, without you needing to do anything, will automatically release dopamine and oxytocin. Dopamine is the reward chemical. Dopamine is the thing that gets us addicted to our phones. When we wake up in the morning and we roll over and we want to check our phone and see like how many double taps we got on Instagram or how many comments we got on, on Facebook or how many views we got on TikTok or YouTube, or we want to see what the email was, what the text was, we're getting a hit of dopamine where that phone is saying, Hey, you're awesome. And you should feel awesome about being awesome. And it's dopamine that does that. Well, you can get dopamine by utilizing this idea of active gratitude in the middle of frustration. Your body naturally releases dopamine, this reward chemical, and you go, holy cow, that feels awesome. Dude, I kind of want to do this again. Well, your body also releases oxytocin, which is that thing that makes you want to hug somebody, right? So all of a sudden, 
You go through the process of saying that you're thankful for the thing that is awesome inside of the frustration and you begin to feel different. Your body releases dopamine, it releases oxytocin. You quite literally chemically, biologically change as a human when this happens. And here's the other thing that takes place. When you do that, your brain begins to forge new neural pathways. Mm-hmm. It literally begins to create these new channels because no, you've been trained. You didn't mean to be, maybe you came to earth with it, or you were conditioned at how you grew up. You've been conditioned. We do it as a society all the time. We love to complain about stuff, right? We love to one up each other. We love to complain about the weather and the politics and the sports team and the whatever we just do it. We don't realize how often we default to it, but we totally do. That's kind of how we come wired. Well, this changes the wiring because now instead of just complaint, I always say this to my kids. And let me ask you, Dan, do you know there's only one thing that makes hard things harder? Do you know what it is? A negative attitude? Complaining. Yeah. Think about it. Complaining is the only thing that makes hard things harder. Because if you've got a hard Uh thing and you complain about it, the hard thing doesn't get easier, but you feel worse about the hard thing. And all of a sudden it feels harder. So complaining is the only thing that makes hard things harder. Well, if we think that the, that life is hard, right? We, we love to do this thing where we say life's hard, life's difficult, life's a challenge. Well, listen, our brains are wired to think that that's this like insurmountable task. But what if we could switch the brain? And what if we could say that life is hard, therefore life is awesome because we're not complaining about it, we're acknowledging it. And then we're finding something awesome about that same difficulty, about that same life. Now, all of a sudden life begins to shift. See, we can rewire our brain to view things through a different set of lenses. And, and over time, when we find frustrations and we go through the process of finding the frustration, looking for what's awesome, installing or initiating gratitude, It takes a little bit of practice, right? We've got to go through that. Well, when we practice it enough over time and our brain becomes significantly rewired, when those frustrations happen, we're predisposed all of a sudden to a new kind of reaction. It's not complaint, it's gratitude. It's not seeing limitations, it's viewing the possibility. And it literally, literally changes us neurologically, biologically, chemically, emotionally. We can secure our happiness through something as simple as this idea of flipping the gratitude switch. I'm so fired up just listening to you speak, Kevin. It's awesome just uh, thinking about some of the things that you're saying. And, and, you know, I'm sitting here processing how well do I do at some of these things. And I feel like, you know, I've been trained over many, many years to, to process things in the manner that you're sharing with me most of the time. And some of our audience would say the same thing and others would say they haven't. And that this is like literally can be revolutionary for anyone to be able to think about how are you processing the different things that come up in your life, the different frustrations that come up? How are you viewing them? You said life is hard. Therefore, life is awesome. Like that's a mantra that we could take to all of our kids to realize that like when something's hard, there is something that's great about that. There are a lot of reasons why that's valuable. I totally believe in the science of the neural pathways that get established when we develop the habit of thinking and acting in the ways that you're sharing. I mean, this flip formula, the pieces of it, they come together for me and it it really, really resonates, Kevin. That's awesome. Dude, I appreciate that so much. And here's the thing. The, The subtitle of the book is a simple formula to change the trajectory of your life. And here's why I say that. If we can change just a moment, right? And that leads us, and here's the thing, when we power up with Gratifuel, 
we go through the process, find the frustration, look for what's awesome, install, initiate gratitude. Our bodies power up with gratitude fuel and that fuel carries us until the next frustration. And then we just do it again. We wash, rinse, and repeat. Well, here's the thing. If we have that frustration, we go through this process, we power up with gratitude, we get to that next frustration and we just do it all over again. What's so cool about that is those moments compound and and all of a sudden a moment leads to another moment. Well, you have, you change enough moments and you change a day, you change enough days and you change a week, you change enough weeks, you change a month, you change enough months, you change a year, enough years, you change a life. So this little idea, it can quite literally be like standing at this precipice of this real, true, life-altering moment. And all it is is a simple decision that you can do inside of less than 30 seconds. The next time you get frustrated, where whatever it is, the guy cuts you off on the freeway, instead of being angry and laying on the gas and then flipping him off as you drive by, instead you go, oh, I'm frustrated that I got cut off. I don't like that. That's not great. Okay, what could be awesome? Uh, He didn't hit my car, so that's good. And I'm still fine. Hey, I'm still listening to this awesome podcast right now called Changing Lives and Selling Knives. Things are good. You know what? Okay, look, I'm I'm actually really thankful he didn't hit me. I'm thankful I've still got this awesome podcast on. And then all of a sudden you feel different. Well, that may have shifted the entire trajectory of that day because now you're not pissed off when you get into the office or when you go to the next sales call. You feel different. And then that may shift the momentum of that day. And those days can transform lives. You're at right now, everybody, if you're listening, you are quite literally this exact moment standing at this incredible, unbelievable precipice where you've got this amazing choice that can be done all inside of your head, all inside of 30 seconds. The next time a frustration happens and you now have the ability to flip the gratitude switch and totally shift the way you interact and view and and perceive that thing, which can shift your results and your life as a result. It can literally change you as a human. How cool is that? How often do we realize? So we so often hear like the most important moment in our lives is right now, right? The, The power of now, Eckhart Tolle, right? But do we really realize, like, we love to say that, right? And we're kind of, we're almost, you know, we're almost esoteric about it. It's like, oh, the power of now, now is the moment. Dude, what I love about this formula is it helped me get conscious to the fact that now is quite literally when I can do something. I don't have to wait. I can take something right this moment and flip the gratitude switch with it. I guarantee there's something right now or in the next two to three minutes that's going to happen. That's going to be this tiny little frustration that normally you would steamroll through, but all of a sudden you become conscious to it now and you begin to utilize this process, this portable, easy flip the gratitude switch process, and it changes everything. And look, your podcast is changing lives. Listen, in order, and I'm sure you talk about this a lot. The only way that we can change lives of others is if we first change our own. Well, here's a tool that allows you to do it in an instant. And and all of a sudden, no longer do you suffer from the poverty of endless discontentment. No longer do you have to view the world as victimizing you in a series of difficult things and you just have to complain about them. All of a sudden, everything can shift in a moment. Now you change you and now you can go change others. And it becomes this incredible principle that has all of these tangible aspects to it. Totally brilliant. Totally inspiring. Find the frustration look for what's awesome, install gratitude, and then power up with gratifuel. And it seems like you're suggesting, like in terms of people implementing the ideas, a key thing is just be present to the next frustration that comes along. Be present to that next moment where you're feeling that sense of frustration, and you can learn to flip that by following the steps in the formula. Is that correct? 
That's exactly right. And look, just to kind of add to this idea. So I've got a wonderful friend of mine. His name is Dr. Paul Jenkins. He's known as the positivity psychologist. He has a massive YouTube channel. He's a practicing psychologist. And, and he has given me such an unbelievable endorsement of the book. He uses this book with his patients because it gives him a tangible way to help them become aware of the things that are causing some of the discomfort or maybe even the depression or just the frustration. So, so this has absolute practice, practical application in the medical community. And in addition, dude, I've had a chance, we've had this amazing opportunity to be able to go into rehab and recovery centers. This has helped with the recovery process for addicts because it's becoming aware of things and sort of regaining that control. And that's what this is. This is regaining control of your emotional well-being, which a lot of times we feel like is out of our control. This gives you the ability to get back in the driver's seat of your emotions and the life that is, oh, you, the life doesn't have to change how you choose to interact with it can, you're back in control, you're back in the driver's seat, and now it's up to you to decide what's the next turn that you're going to make. Yeah. How can people follow you if they want to uh, learn more? Yeah. You know what? You could find me on Instagram at Kevin Clayson. You can find me on Twitter at Kevin Clayson. You can find me on Facebook at Kevin Clayson. I actually, what I do every day is I own a real estate company. <laughs> so we have a podcast called Replace Your Income. You could go find us there on all the platforms. So really, and if there's any way that I can serve you, I'm very accessible on those platforms. Let me know. I'd love to be able to serve you. And then also you can go to Amazon and buy the book, Flip the Gratitude Switch, or go to Audible and download the book, Flip the Gratitude Switch. Yeah, and we'll put links to buy the book in our show notes on changinglivespodcast.com. I would encourage you guys to shout out to Kevin Clayson if you enjoyed today's episode. Send him a message uh, that you heard it and you loved it. I'm sure that he would love to be able to uh, hear that from all of you here in the audience today. Uh, Kevin, this has been awesome, man. Dan, thank you so much. You and this platform is amazing. What you guys, all of you listening do and the product that you represent and sell is so world-class. You should feel incredibly proud about that. Dan, I appreciate you and this platform. I appreciate you coming on and letting me kind of share it. I know it's outside of what you normally do, but as we look to Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful for the opportunity to come and spend this time with you and with your awesome audience. So thank you. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for bringing such great value and energy to our conversation today. I appreciate it. That's my pleasure. Kevin Clayson, everyone. Wow. I trust that you are a little bit more inspired than you might have been about 30 minutes ago. What a great conversation. I love how Kevin lived real challenges in his life. And so when he talks about this idea of the flip formula, you know, and the example of stubbing your toe, here's a guy that experienced a whole lot more difficulty than just stubbing his toe and has been able to learn how to literally flip that around through some of the concepts that he shares. And I love where he talked about owning happiness versus leasing happiness, the analogy of the movie of our lives and that life doesn't have to change for things to be better in our lives. It often is just a change of the lens that we view things with. That was profound. When he said complaining is the one thing that makes hard things harder. Man, that resonated. So important to keep that one in mind. And I also love where Kevin said, if you change your moments, you can change your days. If you change your days, 
you change your weeks and by extension, your months, your years, and you can change your life. That was a compelling insight. Hey, listen, we're releasing this episode the day before Thanksgiving. I'm sure most of you are probably hearing it after Thanksgiving. Um, and we're you know entering the rest of the holiday season, and it's a crazy, unique year where there's going to be some frustrations associated with the holidays, not being able to see some members of our family or other people that we might otherwise see, and a lot of other things along those lines. I hope that you can remember the concepts from Kevin Clayson's flip formula, and you can leverage those things to find the frustration, look for what's awesome, install gratitude, and power up with Gratifuel to have an amazing holiday season and uh, head yourselves into an incredible year in 2021. Thanks so much, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. Hey, everyone. If you listen to my episode with legendary Cutco alum Mark Lovis, you'll know that he's just launching Good Weather Wine to bring people great natural wines at good prices. All their wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. What I like about ordering wine this way is that it's like having your very own wine buyer. You can get a monthly shipment of 3, 6, or 12 bottles, and they'll make it super easy by making the selections for you based on your preferences. If you enter the discount code CLSK when you check out, you get free shipping on your order as a thank you from Mark Lovis himself. Check out goodweatherwine.com to get started and support one of our very own legendary Cutco alums. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.